Hey guys, Counselor Glenn with Bridging the Gap, where we talk about bridging the generational gap as well as the wealth gap. We literally take you step by step and tell you how to bridge that gap from where you are to where you want to be uh, from the aspect of a boomer, somebody that's been there, done that, and the exer. Hope you guys enjoyed the content. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel and make sure you hit the bell notification. We want to let you know as soon as we drop something, we want you guys to get it. We want you to be first. So make sure you do those two things for us and we can't wait to drop some more content. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you're watching. Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Counselor Glenn. I'm William B. Thompson. And just a plain know, howdy, folks. How you guys doing? Now he had to go and make it country. <laughs> on me. Uh, hopefully you guys can see we got some new equipment, man, trying to step our game up a little bit with the audio. We're working on a visual. We know we need something behind us and a little more appealing background, but we're getting there. Hopefully the content will keep you until the end. <laughs> I love it, man. I think I think you're right, Count. I think yeah. you're right. How things been going, man? Really good, man. Things are slowing down some, and when they slow down, it's just another area that we're learning new areas to help people create money. I mean, that's what we're all about here. So, you know, we're on a continual task to help people find their pots of oil. And like I said, between grants, between unsecured lines of credit, between some employee tax credits, we're working on those three things, man, to put some cash flow into the hands of people, no matter where they are in life. It's so crazy because all three of these things he just mentioned are things we literally are doing, not mm -hmm. something we just telling you about. That's true. <laughs> uh, we're personally doing these things. So uh, I'm excited to see the results and share with the people. Me too, man. Same here. Yes, sir. Go Lesson ahead. 19 today, we're talking about cutting Ted. That's it. Now, this is with business or personal, right? Right. Both of them. Because again, you know, and, and just a quick reminder, when we talk about Ted, we're talking about cutting taxes. Mm -hmm. Everybody can do it personally in business. We're talking about cutting expenses. It's across the board, as well as cutting debt. And we're going to combine these two together today, both personal and business, because the bottom line is they both create cash flow to allow you to fulfill your goals and your dreams. And that's the ultimate goal is to create the cash flow. That's it, man. That's the whole thing here is about cash flow is the rocket fuel, whatever it goes. You're trying to get to Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, which is not a planet anymore, they tell me. But no matter where you're trying to get in life, cash flow will get you there. And that's where we're all about it bridge the gap. Gotcha. So what's what's the first step in cutting to business or person? Both on bottom line is this. You have to create a hatred for debt. Now, remember, we taught you early on the principle that you should only borrow, only borrow when the return is greater than you borrowed. Okay. So we understand early on in your career, you're going to probably borrow the money. But the ultimate goal is as you move on, like you were telling me about a real estate deal that you guys are working on. And, and this guy, that this guy probably left about a half a million dollars on the table because yeah. he didn't have his own money. It was actually more than that. He left 1.3 on the table. Oh, just because, because he had to go out and borrow at a very high rate. Yep. So though you're getting started, you may have to borrow, but every passing year, you want to become the bank. So the point number one is this, you have to create a hatred for debt and you have to ask yourself one simple question, business or personal, what is debt taking from me? In that example, debt took that man's worth. That's a million three that should have been in his family for his children his children, children, but somebody else's family because of debt. So number one, you have to see debt as taking your wealth. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you have to see debt as taking your wheel, your wheel, because when you're excessively in debt and you, and you sit down and go, man, 
I just paid this lender $10,000 this month. And of that, $4,000 was interest. That's $4,000 that I took, uh, that that it took from me. So so you got to see it taking not only your wealth, but that takes your will, man, to see year in, you get a statement and saw that you paid over six figures in interest. That takes your will. Yeah. And the final thing is it takes your worth. It takes your worth. I've seen people counsel both in business and personal so overloaded with debt that it makes them depressed, discouraged, and they ultimately get a sense of hopelessness. Mm. So both in your personal life and your business life, you must create a hatred for it. Why? Because it's taking your wealth, it's taking your will, and it's taking your worth. So remember, as time goes on, less and less should go to your indebtedness where you become your bank and the bank for others. What about, you know, you know, my neighbor just got a new car and I can afford it. Like I can make the monthly payment. Well, I tell you, that moves to point number two. If you want to build generational wealth, I mean, crazy wealth. It used to be a time a million dollars in my generation was like I could hit my chest. Million dollars now, man, you're just getting broken in. I don't say that to minimize anyone, but just want to stretch your mindset. But back to your point, the ultimate goal in your business and personal is we're trying to move people to a gradual cash slash debit card only. Okay. And this is what I mean. From a personal perspective, we want you to master paying cash, first of all, for eating out. Cash, and of course, cash debit card synonymous here. And once you master that, move towards cash and eating out and buying clothing. And then move to paying cash for all your furniture, then all your trips, then all your cars, then all your houses. It, it's a gradual progression. But the ultimate goal, though, you may start with paying cash only for your uh, food. The day is going to come when you're doing that real estate deal near 100000 you pay cash for it. It's going to take a while. The same thing in business. When you first start in business, you may have to incur debt to take care of your marketing. But, at first, but then we want you to move to start taking care of your marketing by paying cash. And then any type of furniture that you buy for your business, pay cash for it. We're moving up. Then when you start buying equipment for your business, paying cash for it. Then when you start buying company cars, pay cash for it. When you start also buying your business, your um, facilities, pay cash for it. So the ultimate goal is you want to gradually move to a cash-only system that is the most powerful way to build your cash flow. Got it. Got it. How realistic is that for just people? I mean, like paying cash for a car, if I want to go buy an F-150, that's like 40 grand. I mean, okay. Good question. You're a fitness guy. Mm -hmm. Is it realistic for me to go out and run five miles with you today? Probably not. Okay. But what's realistic is for me, maybe just maybe start walking at five miles. Then maybe start running that half a mile, et cetera. It's the same thing. You're not going to start paying forty or 50000 out of the gate for a car. Got it. But when you go out and let's say your marketing budget is $1,000 this month, that's a realistic goal to start paying cash for. And then you want to start getting furniture around the office that maybe would take 2000 a month. That's a realistic goal. And what you're doing is you're increasing your cash flow, but you're also expanding your mentality to expect to live that way. You now expect to run five miles and think nothing about it. Right. And some of it's physical, but a lot is mental also. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Okay. All right. 
So we got, you know, uh, the first point, which was create a hatred for debt. Got to realize what it's taken from you. Yeah. Your wealth, your will, and your worth. Yeah. And then gradually move to an all cash system. Gradually. That's right. Gotcha. That's right. Okay. How do we begin to do this though? Like what steps should we take? Okay. Good point. I like the word attack. Okay. When you hear the word attack, what comes to mind? Um, you're on offense. That's right. And there's an enemy out there, you know, an right. enemy. So we say, as you analyze your debts, business and personal, attack the smallest one first that creates the greatest cash flow. See, I'm not concerned now about the interest rate or what's tax deductible or not. I'm thinking in terms of that word cash flow. Okay. So I'm going to take all my extra revenue I get from overtime on my job personally to extra clients coming in. I'm going to take all the extra money and I'm going to attack that smallest one first. That smallest one may be the camera that I pay 3000 for. And it's maybe taking $500 a month. I'm going to take any and all extra funds to attack it. And once it's defeated, I just created $500 a month positive cash flow. Gotcha. Then I'm going to repeat the process again and again to ultimately, ultimately maybe five or 10 years but I'm going to be debt free with a boatload of cash and powerful cash flow. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So you basically we're using the funds from the first debt we paid off to attack the second one. So on and so forth. That's it. That's, and that's really, that's the fourth point. It's about using those extra funds again, whether it's personal or business that you want to attack the next one. And that is so key. Uh, somebody said, Oh, my sister, matter of fact, she's doing it now. She just paid her car off. The car payment is 501. What she is doing, which makes sense, she's now saving that because she's building a travel business. Though she's 70, she wants to build a business. And I'm all for that. So she's taking her car payment money, the old car payment money of 501 and some change. She's putting that aside until we can best decide what element of her business to build. You know, I think we had a question that came in too. Um, we got a question, something about, Paying a car off or something. We'll maybe get to that later. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, but in her point, it behooved her to pay a car off, mm -hmm. set that money aside and to build her business versus trying to pay her house off. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Now, that seemed like a lot of work. You know, you, we getting an offensive game plan, attacking debt, attacking the enemy, paying off bills. Like, is there a point where we kind of take a breath for a second or are we just constantly working towards paying off debt? Well, no doubt about it. And that brings me really to a last point. Uh, I, I think it's very important to keep yourself motivated. You got to reward yourself. Okay. I know with Joe and I, my wife, uh, both from a business and personal perspective, every time we attack and defeat a debt, we reward ourselves. So let's say for an example, here's a good piece. We had a, a piece of real estate that was taking about $3,000 a month mm -hmm. of ours. We paid that off and that's $3,000 a month more cash flow. Well, we will take a thousand of that and that will go to us. If we want to, I won't say buy a car, but we want to take that thousand, redo the house now. That's our thousand. The other 2000 goes to attack the next debt. Gotcha. So though my wife is not a financial minded person, she loves rewards. And if she knows that every time we can defeat a debt, that's extra money that we as a family get to enhance our quality of life. So that keeps us focused. It keeps us driven. It keeps us motivated, whether it be personal 
or business, it works the same. And I think it's important to celebrate celebrate those milestones Got you, you reach them because it does keep you motivated to keep doing it. Oh yeah. Cause it's a process, you know, it some is. people it's going to take a few years. Some people, you know, they could do it rather quickly, but knowing that there's a, a end goal amount or destination to reach and a reward attached to it definitely helps. That's it. You know, we often talk about long-term and short-term goals. Sure. Long-term, I want to be debt-free. I want to become the bank and the bank for myself, but short-term, if I can create just through better managing Ted, a few hundred dollars, Every month, extra money, brother, that's going to keep me up because now instead of me uh, having to go to McDonald's, I now can go to Ruth Crisp and not worry about it anymore. Gotcha. Or now instead of going down to Carowinds and go down to your Fort Lauderdale's, your Hawaii's, your uh, other places, it's all because you've learned to manage money. And counsel, what excites me, I was looking forward to our future lessons. I think in about two weeks, we're going to start about those assets. We're going to start talking about a cash flowing the stock market. And of course, I love that in cash flowing real estate and cash flowing those things. And that's when it's going to get really exciting because what we're talking about now, you may can pick up a thousand a month between your taxes, expenses, and debt. But boy, just with one rental house that you just simply rent out rooms or a one stock investment to make 20 some percent in 18 days. And you saw us do it the other day. Yep. <laughs> That's the fun stuff, guys. So stay tuned and pass the word. But it's it's important that we nail this foundational piece it. down first. Um, it's almost like, you know, learning your form in basketball. Like, I'm gonna you can't you. just go up jacking threes like Steph Curry if you haven't mastered your form. Yeah. I'm going to give you a good example. And big basketball people. When I see this guy's a Hall of Famer, he's called Mr. Fundamental. Who is that? Big Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Now think of all the thousands of players. He's known for being Mr. Fundamental, but the boys in the Hall of Fame has how many rings? Five. Five, five rings. Should be six, but. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, because Duncan was not the most athletic guy in the world, nope. but he mastered the fundamentals. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. We met. And that's one thing a guy I follow on um, uh, Instagram, Doug, I can't remember his last name, but he, he, he's, he's the master of layups. That's what he call them. That's know. it. You don't need the home runs. I like that. You don't need, you know, the big three pointers, you get enough layups um, and you can win. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love that. Cause you know, we often talk about, and I'm not a baseball person, but I do a lot of singles. I, mm-hmm. I can probably count on one hand every year that I'll do a deal that makes over $20,000 one deal. Mm-hmm. But I, I I would need uh, hundreds of hands to count the times I'll make one in $3,000. And if I do $3,000 50 times a year, one a week, man, that's $150,000. Now to most people, you aren't bouncing off walls, but I like a lot of doubles and singles. And every now and then, I'll hit that grand slam and I'll rejoice, but I'll go back to Mr. Layup's concept. Yeah. And it, it makes perfect sense too, because that that those bigger checks take longer to happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You need that those singles in between. So and also if you load the bases on a home run, you get a grand slam. I love it, boy. <laughs> I love it. That's it. But that wraps up lesson 19, man. I'm Council Glenn. Hey, William V. Thompson. Hey, I can't wait for the next couple of weeks, guys. We're locked and loaded, ready to start making this all come together. So stay tuned with us. Make sure you share it with a friend. And until next time.